This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 126 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Best-selling author and dressage writer, Tammy Hogue. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com and Uncle Jimmy's. And you can find them at uncle-jimmy's.com. the geek and this is helena b and you're listening to the stable scoop radio show on the horse radio network howdy helena good morning how are you today i'm fine i'm not under as much snow as you are though got a little storm up there you know it started out the beginning of the year the lexington was getting more than you and now you've caught up and passed us we yes we've got plenty of snow here uh in new england not as much as i in at my place where i don't have nearly as much as as Boston and some points north, they got some places got over two feet of snow. And we have just about maybe eight inches, six to eight inches. Not too bad here on the coast. I bet you where you used to live north of Boston, they got two feet Hammered. of snow. Hammered. Hammered. <laughs> People are posting on Facebook this morning. <laughs> they're hammering out their ice buckets and they're shoveling out their indoors. And, yeah. <laughs> have you been able to ride lately, though? It's been kind of snowy, hasn't it? I haven't ridden in over three weeks. Oh, no. Pie's going to be a nut job. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been turned out, though? Oh, yeah. They're out. They're out. All They're actually really happy, very calm. I'll start him back to, to work slowly, but I don't think he'll be a nut job because he gets to be out as much as he wants. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so funny because horses, you think, oh, you know, it's snowing and it's cold and it's blowy. And they have, they have even if they have a three-sided lean-to that's absolutely dry inside, they're standing out in the snow. I, I Not know. my guys. My oh, yeah? guys, stand, they, I leave their stall doors open and they have an overhang. And they will hang out under the overhang and go in and out of the stalls. So they, they But it's really, really windy here. Yeah. You know? So and we get a wicked uh, wind coming out of the west every day, <laughs> pretty much every day. well anytime that there's a storm system, and so they really need to they need the barn as a windbreak. Right, right. So uh, they they're they're smart, my guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a great show planned for today. We have a very special guest. Her name is Tammy Hogue. She has only sold oh Helena about thirty five million books. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She'll work on it. She'll get more. Yeah, you know that little <laughs> thing. She appreciate, She actually writes a book a year. And, <sighs> you know, her books are, are, uh, are very thick. They're not thin little children. No. We're not talking children's books here. I know. She's a, a great um, mystery writer. I've read a couple of her books, and um, they definitely are the kind of books that draw you in and keep you there. It's like a little mental vacation. And people who don't know Tammy are probably saying, why are we talking to an author about mystery books? And that is because she is also a Grand Prix dressage rider and has ridden horses her entire life. She actually started out Western. She was riding Western, and uh, instead of having a babysitting job, her dad would bring her home colts to break at when she was a teenager. Not really? sure that was such a great idea, but... 
That's what she did. So she learned oh. to ride by breaking colts, and she rode uh, western. She rode rodeo. She rode timed events, and and did different things in the western world, and discovered dressage one day, and is now a Grand Prix dressage rider. And we'll talk to her how about how she balances all of that out. Uh, she goes between California and Florida. Tough yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. At least she's <laughs> in two of the warmest places right now. So I imagine she's in Florida right now because Wellington's going on. So you would yeah, imagine. Yeah, she competes on the winter circuit, yeah, right? Yeah, you'd imagine she'd be down there. So we'll talk to her all about that and, you know, what it's like. I'm very fascinated about the book world, too, the author world, and what, what that's like at her level. So yes. yeah. that should be interesting. We're both geeks, so we're probably both interested in that. Oh, <laughs> so. and I, I've always wanted to be a writer, but um, I can't really write my way out of a paper bag. So. <laughs> That's kind of one just, of the prerequisites of being a good writer is that you have to be able to write. So I've just I just said, well, I'll just be happy reading. I'll read. <laughs> That's why we do radio. No writing involved. Exactly. We can talk. We can do that just fine. Yeah. But uh writing's not my specialty either. But you know, it's true that everybody wants to ha- they always say everybody has a novel in them. Yeah. Everybody thinks they have a novel in them. Um, yes, that's you know, a more accurate quote. Exactly. So, so it's you know it'll be interesting to talk to her about. Uh, I want to know you know about that first book and and all of that stuff. So that'll be cool. We'll have her coming up here shortly. Let's first take a break for uh, one of our commercial sponsors. That's Omega Alpha, who is our title sponsor, and then we'll be back with Tammy Hogue. Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And one of their users is international Canadian sensation event writer Jessica Phoenix. And we have Jessica on here for a second to tell us what she thinks about Omega Alpha. Well, hi, Jess. I hear that you use Omega Alpha. I do. I love their products. I've started using them this year, um, and the one product that I really love is Anti-Flam. It just takes the sting out of the horse's feet and keeps them moving comfortably. Um, and I know that from using it in our barn, a lot of horses have benefited from it. You can look for their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, hi, Tammy, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. We really appreciate you uh, taking time out to be on with us. And, and, you know, we're all horse people here, but you're, you also have this other little sideline you do and, and yeah. you know, selling those millions of books and stressing <laughs> over writing one a year. By the way, how the heck do you write one book a year? Yours are not thin paperback books. No, they're not. They're big, fat, really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've, I've something that fascinates me so much about you is, and different writers write different ways. Some mm-hmm. will do an outline, and they kind of have an idea of where the book's supposed to go and what the characters are going to do throughout the book and that kind of thing. Sort of a, a, an overall script, and then they get into detail. Right. That's not the way you work, is it? No, not at all. No, I'll know the the crime that starts everything. And I'll know some of the main characters, and then I just kind of turn them loose and um, see what happens. That's just amazing to me that you could do that without without a plan and just. So you're basically living this adventure with them as you're writing it. Right, exactly. And you know, for me, it's got to be it's got to be spontaneous, and I want to be surprised and shocked and everything, just like I want the reader to be when they're when they're reading the book. So. 
you know, and I tried writing from an outline a, a few times, you know, way back when we wrote on stone tablets, and, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I didn't like it. I was miserable. I was just miserable because I already knew what was going to happen, and I'm like, well, what's the fun of that? You know, this isn't this isn't enjoyable to me. So, um, so your ADD kicked in, you know, and that was it, huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you, I've I've only read one of your books so far, and I came upon it quite by accident. Um, that was Guilty as Sin. Oh yeah. And I loved it. And and one of the things that was so great about it was that it's so complex. It you you yeah. really go. It, there's all these twists and turns and all these like little, you know, tunnels. How do you, since you're going through this journey for the first time with your characters, how do you pull yourself back? How do you not go off on? on deep tangents and actually get back to your plot? Well, that's a, you know, I think that's more of an instinctive thing because I'll, okay. I'll feel it if I'm going in a wrong direction, you know, and things will just kind of stop. And then I'll have to, you know, sit back and say, okay, what, where did I go wrong? And, um, and I have one whole wall in my office that's whiteboard. And I'll go up to the whiteboard and, um, and I'll just write right in the middle of it, what now? And then I'll, you know, draw out from that and really just brainstorm and where is this character and what's going on with that character. And, and, um, and something will just, uh, you know, show itself and, and I'll say, oh, that's, that's the direction I need to be going. Thank God for whiteboards, right? Yeah, I love the whiteboard. <laughs> I think it's like an essential tool no matter what you do. If you write or ride or you're a mathematician, everybody needs a whiteboard. Oh, Absolutely. Now, every, you know, a lot of writers have that one person that they go to when they're stuck, you know, when they're, when that writer's block kicks in and they're going, I don't know where to take this. Do you have that person or is this a solo act? It's pretty much a solo act. Um, I, I used to call more on, on other writer friends and kind of kick things around. And, and I found that usually if I kicked it around with somebody else, I didn't like anything. <laughs> like, well, why don't you do this? And I'd be like, well, that's stupid. Why would I do that? You know? That a girl. That's funny. <laughs> but I'm going to just books. cut that process out, you know, or, or I'm not going to have any friends left. So. <laughs> Yeah, because then you don't use their stuff, and they're going, well, mine was better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Writers so are was... kind of that way, too. They're kind of territorial about about their work. I mean, it's weird oh, that yeah. way. Yeah. Well, you know, Definitely. when you, you, this is an emotional journey, too. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, you get very, yeah. it's just like, you know, kids and pets and horses. <laughs> don't tell me what to do with my kids. Certainly right. don't tell me what to yeah. do with my horse, you know. <laughs> He's perfectly happy, three hundred pounds overweight. Just leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, you get, you do, you get, you get very protective. Yeah, you know, until the editor comes in, you know, and then, then, then I'm, then I'll stand back and and I'll, I'll listen to him. <laughs> so, so do you trust your editor the way you trust your trainer? Um, I, I trust him pretty much. Um, not as much as I trust my trainer, <laughs> but um, you know, he's. We're all on the same side in the end of it. You know, it's not an adversarial relationship. And, no, I mean, the goal is you know, to still, still sell books. I mean, that's still exactly, the goal. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, strip it down to the nuts and bolts. I'm, I'm creating a product that they are purchasing to sell, you know, so they should have some say in it. And, um, and he usually comes up with really good suggestions. And if he comes up with something that I don't agree with, I'll just say, I don't agree with that. Here's why. And, um, you know, I'm going to do it this way instead. How many? Now, have you been, I'm Go, sorry, Glenn. Well, was, have you been working yeah. with your current editor for a long time? This is, uh, Secrets to the Grave is, is just my second book with him. 
Okay. I um, I was uh, I was with another publisher for twenty years of my career, and had uh, had the same editor for ten years of that, which is highly unusual. Really, wow. this doesn't happen. Um, and then uh, then I made the switch to to Dutton, and uh, so this is my second book with him. So a new relationship. Yeah. <laughs> You're still on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Which we know can be kind of tenuous. <laughs> That's, true. That's true. Tell us about Secrets to the Grave. What's what's this new book about? Uh, Secrets to the Grave takes place in 1986 in a small, very idyllic sort of um, college town in Southern California. And the story revolves around the murder of a beautiful, somewhat mysterious local artist. And um, the only witness to the crime is her four-year-old daughter, and as the detectives start digging into her past to um, to look for suspects, they come up with more questions than answers, and they they come to the decision that that this woman really didn't exist before she moved to this town four years ago. Wow. Well, you know, and I wanted to ask you too. You've been, I mean, this is your. You've had, I, I think it's, uh, is it thirteen best consecutive best. Times bestsellers. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, you must wake up every day. Do you ever get over that, or do you still wake up every day going, that's really cool? Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And every book that comes out, you're like, oh, my God, I hope this this isn't the one that breaks the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, then I'm going to be really sad. But. I doubt it will be. Do you, I, have a couple, I have so many questions, and I know Helena does too. Do, do you, have you ever had the desire to write books about horses, uh, you know, going that route? Or have you always kept those two worlds completely separate? Well, I kept them really separate until, oh, when did I write that book? 1990, oh no, it was about 2000. 2000, 2001, I wrote um, Dark Horse. Dark Horse, which, yeah. Yeah, combined, you know, the thriller genre with uh, with the setting in Wellington and the you know backdrop of the of the international show jumping and and all of that. And I had a great time doing it. And then I wrote Alibi Man, which was um, the same characters in the same setting, and and uh, and I, I enjoyed that. And I'll go back to that character eventually and do another, but. Um, yeah, I had always kept the thing separate before because, you know, it was like the one the one kind of keeps me sane. The, the horses kind of keep me sane. And then I come home and work. And um, so I kind of didn't want to taint that with, with work. But um, but I had a lot of fun doing that. You'd think that there'd be there's so much drama in the horse world. My gosh. You know, that, yeah. that there'd oh, be plenty God, of raw no, material. There is. There's so much I can't even decide what to pick. <laughs> Have you ever it's fox a... hunted, Tammy? Try that. <laughs> I, I, I I watched from afar because I thought, okay, even I'm not crazy enough to throw <laughs> myself across the country. Drunk, and, well, the, you know, drunk by the way. Drunk, That's the drunk. prerequisite. Yeah, yeah. Course, drunk. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know. This is, you know, I'm a little bit of a control freak. This is maybe not the sport for me. <laughs> Dressage is a good one then for you. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> now you um, you obviously are. We we mentioned earlier that you you started out riding western, which which is fascinating too, in one of the coldest places in the country, we might add. 
Right. And I yes. notice now you live in California and Florida, which eliminates that whole cold thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I got I the cold thing a while ago. <laughs> I, you know, I read a quote that your polar bear quote. That, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I used to have that. I used to have this little cartoon on my bulletin board, and it was two polar bears, and the one says to the other one, I don't care what they say, I'm cold. <laughs> that was me. That was, I, was the, I was the little polar bear that was always cold. I'm like, I, I don't like it. I don't like to be cold. Where are you right now? Are you in Florida? I'm in Florida, yeah. Good. And have you started your... your- the competitive circuit down there yet? Getting ready to. I've, I've had a couple of uh, small warm-up shows, and um, I'll start, you know, in a serious way uh, next week. Okay. So. Now, I, I'm 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 a fan of your books. Um, I I love. I, I'm a little bit starstruck. I have to tell you the truth. <laughs> you no, know, I could talk to you about your your novels. Till the cows come home, but what I really want to ask you about is your horses. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Who, who are you training with now? Uh, I train with Betsy Steiner. Betsy, Betsy and I have been friends now for over a decade. We've worked together pretty much all that time, and um, and now it's it's like you know we can read each other's minds, which is so cool. We were working yesterday um, with one of my Grand Prix horses, Bacchus, and uh, and we were working on really intricate stuff. And we both got so into it, and, and Bacchus, too. He, he, you know, the horses really get into that really minute, you know, intricate work. And um, and suddenly I, I looked at my watch, and, and like an hour and a half had gone by. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, do you realize what time it is? And we couldn't believe it. But, you know, we, we just both get so into it. So um, so that's that's been great. That's been really a great relationship. And then I've also... Um, uh, in the past, you've been clinicking with Stephen Peters, which is terrific. And Betsy also clinics with Stephen with one of her horses. So we have a, a you know great little triangle there. That's nice. Now I noticed you used the word clinic as a verb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't let you get away with that one. That's definitely a horse world thing. <laughs> definitely, I would. Definitely, <laughs> you're busted. <laughs> Your editor would have uh, plucked that one out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a verb. I'm like, in my world. Like, when I was writing uh, Dark Horse, I uh, I had an editor, and it was the only book I worked with him um, because we just really didn't get along. But um, I had written you know 150 pages or something, and I turned it into him, and uh, and he called me back and he said, "Well, it reads really well, but it's not very believable." <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> And he goes, well, who would do business with people like this? They're slimy and and crooked. And I'm like, welcome to my other world. (laughs) Kidding. Who of us doesn't know a a crooked horse dealer? You know. And I'm like, "Uh, that's that's a real guy. (laughs) (laughs) Changed his name, but he's a real guy. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, things that don't pass in the real world definitely fly in the horse world. Oh yeah, totally. So what's harder? What is harder, learning to pee off and do all of that or, or writing a book? Oh, my gosh. Well, writing a book, really, because the, the, you know, sitting on a horse is, is something that's very natural to me. And writing is, too, but writing is just, um, you know, the characters don't always cooperate as well as my horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't fall off the characters, do you? Although maybe you do. Oh, it could be just uh, as painful. <laughs> they, they can, you know, they can knock me for a pretty good loop. You know, 
showing my way, and, and it's been years since I came off a horse. So I just have this picture, you know, the old movies. I have this picture of Tammy sitting there at this old desk, old beautiful desk, and the piles of wrinkled up paper all over the office. Right. You know, that's what I have this picture. You don't see that anymore because of computers, but that would be your life, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, because I like to, I, I edit as I go. You know, so I'll I'll write something and I'll go back over it and then I'll tinker with it and I'll add this and take away that and you know I, I would I would you know uh, single handedly deforest the world if I had to be doing this on paper. <laughs> I can't. So go, go, sorry, I back to horses. Yep, I can't yep, help myself. Yep, go ahead. All right, so we're uh, so in addition to Bacchus, who else do you have uh, in your barn these days, and what are you doing with them? Um, well, Bacchus is a Grand Prix horse, uh, and uh, he is. He's a seasoned Grand Prix horse, but he he was off for almost two years with an injury, so um, so he's like brand new now. He's all all fixed and sound and and really really into it. And then I've got uh, an eleven year old uh, horse that is slightly smaller than an Indian elephant, and he <laughs> is also a Grand Prix horse. He's fairly new to to Grand Prix, um, and he's fairly new to me. He I got him. Um, I think he came last year in June, and uh, so we're, I'm really, really excited about him, and um, very anxious to get in the show ring with him. Then I've got a, a another uh, a one turning. Let's see, turning 13, and he's been he's my he's my delicate flower. He was out all last year with one injury, and we were almost over the hump with the one injury, and then he fractured a splint bone, and he had to have surgery, and. And then we had months and months of rehab, and and uh, you know, he was coming right along, and then he developed chronic uveitis in his one eye, and uh, so he had um, a cyclosporin implant put in his eye last week. So mm. so it'll be <clears throat> a month or two before he's ready to go in the show ring. And then I've got uh, Feliki, who was my first Grand Prix horse, and. Um, she is still number one, that mare. She's Aww. 24. She's 24 this wow. year. And she is e- e- far and away the wildest ride I have every day. She <laughs> does not have any clue how old she is. <laughs> <laughs> and that just makes you love her all the more. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, I mean, I just, I just, I love it when they have some personality and spunk and, you know, she gets carried away with herself, and she'll leap up in the air and do all kinds of crazy. And I just laugh. I just think it's great. Well, that's that. That comes from your teenage days, and we're going to get to that right after this commercial break. Comes from your teenage days when your father was trying to kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> so, and well, we better yeah. explain that uh, right after this commercial break. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop Show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle-jimmys.com. 
Well, Tammy, now I mentioned that uh, I know I had heard your interview with Chris on the Dressage Radio Show a, a while back. And I just thought it was funny that, you know, most kids do, like you said, have that babysitting job when they're a young teenager. Instead, your father was bringing home babies for you to break. Was yeah, he trying to break, break the horses or you? Which one? A little bit of both. <laughs> my dad, I always like him. My dad's a Mr. Magoo. You know, he doesn't ever see the potential for disaster in anything. <laughs> so, he, yeah, he came home one day and he goes, oh, so-and-so sending a three-year-old for you to break to ride. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> How do we do that? <laughs> and that, that was just, you know, he just never thought anything bad would happen, you know. And he, he'd be like, oh, you know, somebody bring a horse over and then, well, he's a little wild, you know. And my dad would say, oh, sure, he's nothing. She'll fine. He's fine. She'll be fine. And, you know, there's, there's, like, eyes rolling back in his head and fire coming out of his nose. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm not going to live to maturity. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was kind of crazy. But you know what? You learned how to stick on a horse, didn't you? Boy, you better believe it. Yeah, yeah. You better believe it. I rode anything and everything and, you know, catch rides and everything else. And, um yeah, it, it is really, really hard to get me off a horse, no matter what they're doing. So now, when you're when you're ahead. not, and dressage is a, it's very uh, I want to say disciplined, discipline, but it's it's a pretty tight discipline. You you really have to work hard and concentrate. What do yeah. you do to yeah. to do you have a chance to get out and Yahoo a little bit when you're um, riding? Yeah, every once in a while. Like last year, I played polo a couple of times. Oh, so cool. That was really fun. Yeah, that was great. Uh, kind of awakened the uh, the latent cowgirl in me. <laughs> so that was really fun. And, you know, I'll occasionally take one of mine for a hack, but none of us really are, you know, like I don't I, I don't really get the enjoyment You're not shooting guns off of your... Uh... Not yet, no. you know. that. But that, it does sound appealing, doesn't it? It does. I know. Because I, yes, a friend of mine was just telling me about a, a new a new sport where you ride and shoot guns. So I'm like, well, I'm there. Yeah, our co-host like, on yeah, the Western our co-host on the Western radio show, uh, Tammy, is the a world champion mounted shooter. And, oh yeah, yeah. She, well, she has 150 belt buckles on her wall. Yeah. Holy cow! Uh, yes, and you have to wear a skirt when you compete. Yes, that's right. Are you kidding me? No. no. How oh, cool is that? I don't know. Oh come I don't on! Know. I don't think it. I care for that. <laughs> Thirty-five million books in print, and you can't ride in a skirt. Come on. Oh, you know, if somebody dared me. I probably would do it. Yeah. So there's no desire to put those barrels up in your arena and. and uh, do a little pattern? Every, yeah, every once in a while. When I'm riding Feliki, I always say, you know, I should have made her a barrel racing horse because we could have won a lot of money. <laughs> there, <laughs> there, as everyone knows, there is no money in dressage. In the right. So, so I'm, I'm still a little tempted. <laughs> Unless it's the kind of money that's falling out of your pockets. and it, you know. There's a lot of that kind of money, yeah. <laughs> the going out kind of money. Yeah. Now, have you, do you have your own farm down there? Do you board? No, I board. I board... Um, I'm at a really terrific facility, and now I'm I'm, I'm going to be in Florida full time because I got kind of tired of going back and forth, and um, and I wanted that kind of continuity for my horses with their vet care and their farrier and everything. And uh, going back was always, you know, I would hold my breath for five months and hope that nobody got hurt because it's not the same level uh, of care out there. I mean, we're so spoiled here in Wellington for. And you know, we've got the best vets, we've got the best failures, and 
you know, to step down from that, that that just wasn't a good thing. So, so I'm here now. So I needed a, a you know, obviously the summers here are, are quite brutal, and so we, uh, I moved my horses to a facility that has a beautiful, oversized covered arena and um, and also a, a regular outdoor ring and and it's in an area where we can pack and stuff like that. So it's really great. It sounds kind of relaxed compared to the the LA environment. <clears throat> oh yeah, definitely. It's you much know, quieter. Wellington in the summer is pretty sleepy, so but it, it's nice. It's nice. I I actually enjoyed it. I'm a little jealous, I have to say, because I was down there over the weekend. I, I went down for the helmet symposium that they had there. Oh yeah, at at Wellington and. Uh, I have to say, I'm a little bit jealous because I woke up, I woke up and I'd, I'd walk out the, in the morning with my jacket on, and I, and I'd have to take it off, and it was like I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah, well, if you were here today, you would keep it on because it's a little chilly. But uh, you know, we're the only state that doesn't have snow right now. Yeah, I, know. I heard that There's snow in like 49 states. There is no snow in Florida. So. That is the news of the day, Florida. Yeah. So. And we've got a lot of friends. I've got a lot of friends who are heading down there uh, this week to start competing, and they're all bringing their oh, winter yeah. clothes with them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there are days that are, are a little bit nippy. You know, we got down, I think, uh, into the high 30s last night. So that's that's cold for us. Now, are your horses and getting a little fresh? Our horses, you know, yeah, they get a little fresh because they're all, you know, they're all body clipped and stuff. So, you know, they come out. You know, snorting and jumping around, and <laughs> it's fun though. It's nice. I like it when they're a little fresh like that. Yeah, it's you know sometimes they say, "Would I rather create the energy or would I rather control it?" And I'll tell you, I'm one yeah, of those people exactly. who needs to control it because you know if I have to create it, my arms start flapping and I get all wiggly. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's let's. I want to ask you about your day. You you obviously have a lot going on in any given day. Yeah. What what do you do? You get up? Do you hang out in your pajamas all day and and write, or do you nope. do your horse boots go on first? The 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 riding boots go on first. Yeah, I'm I'm up early and tending to the dogs, and I have to do my stretching routine because I'm not as young as I used to be. It's funny how that happens, and mm. I'm like, oh, you know, this hurts and that aches. And, so I've got to you know, stretch everything out, then get dressed, go ride, uh, you know, eat breakfast in the car on the way, and um, yeah. So I've got four horses to ride every day right now. So that means I don't get back until around you know one thirty, two o'clock, and um, usually eat lunch in the car on the way back in <laughs> my traveling cafeteria, and um, and then yeah, then I go go to the office and I have to go through all the business stuff. The you know, business emails and stuff like that, and then um, start writing. And uh, I'll go over what I wrote the day before and tinker with that, and um, and then eventually, you know, like get on with it and start some new material. And uh, and then usually, uh, like around five or so, I try to go to the gym and then come back and you know watch some uh, gruesome. A true crime thing on television while I'm grabbing dinner, <laughs> and, um, you know, as research, and uh, and then I'm back in the office and I work. Most nights I work until about eleven. I try not to work past that until we get into deadline, and then then it gets really really crazy. Then it's you know two thirty three four o'clock mm. in the morning. Do you work better so, under yeah. pressure? Yeah, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, and. Um, and I do kind of I get a big rush from that when when the chips are down and I've got to get something turned in. It, yeah. It's um, yeah, it's a little bit of a high with that. So I'm 
uh, I used to be very uh, much the other way, and I would work way ahead of time, and um, you know, I I would just be way ahead of the game. And now I find I I have gone to kind of letting myself get under pressure. But um, you should be an inventor, you know, not a dressage writer. Just You're think about it. Should think about boxing. There was a day when I when I did think about that back when, and I was married at the time, and my husband was like, "Oh, please don't do that." <laughs> 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 so, uh, let, we're going to take one more short break here, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, we we each have, I think, one. What, well, we each have about a thousand more questions, but uh, we'll limit it to one. So we'll be right back after this commercial break with Tammy, all about her writing and riding. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's that time of the year again for after-holiday closeout sales, and Equestrian Collections has hundreds of items for you at tremendous savings up to 70% off. Closeouts from Ariat, JPC, Pessoa, Ovation, and so many more. Highly discounted specials include ladies' apparel, footwear, saddle pads, bags, belts, coats, and the list goes on and on. Remember, you can save up to 70% now, but this is a closeout and quantities are limited. So grab the keyboard and type in equestriancollections.com. You'll see the great big ad right on their homepage for all of their closeout specials now for the month of January. Get them while, before they're gone at equestriancollections.com. And we're back, Tammy, and again, thank you so much for joining us today. This is so much fun to chat with you and, and to learn, you know, how how thing, how you're doing and, and how you do it all. I mean, it's amazing yeah. that you can write one book a year, which, which blows my mind, by the way. It still blows my mind. Um, let, let me ask you this, and this is from a business side. This is the geek coming out, and then, then I'll let okay. Helena end it with a horse question. <clears throat> um, you, you have... You've had 13 bestsellers. You have like 35 million books in print. And I know that publishers, you know, are, are data crazy. They love data. Oh, have, yeah. have, have you ever determined or have the publishers ever determined how many of your fans are, are, what percentage of your fans are the loyal fans that read every book and look forward to them coming out? And how, how many of each book uh, sold is the casuals that, that stop by and have never seen you before, that kind of thing? Well, that's that's hard to pinpoint. They they go with raw numbers, um, and they they, uh, to my knowledge, they've never done like a a survey kind of thing where they figure out who the readers are. I get more of that because you know readers send me mail and whatnot, and um, so I probably know better than they do who the who the readers are. But um, but they, yeah, they're all about the raw numbers for sure, and they're very meticulous keeping track and how one book did and how how's the new book doing are we ahead of what the book was last year and that kind of thing and your your um your book tours are, are they like the most tiring thing you do they look They're tired. exhausting. Yeah. yeah it's exhausting i love the actual events you know which we do in the evening you know to do a book signing and and i love you know to interact with fans and and answer their questions and stuff, and we always have a terrific time. But the travel aspect of that is really exhausting because you you know you might be up at at four or five in the morning to make a plane so you can get to the next city so you can be on the morning radio, and uh, and your day doesn't end until like ten ten thirty eleven o'clock at night. So it's pretty grueling. Ooh, and then you don't get to see your horses. 
and I don't get to see my horses, <laughs> and I don't get to have my dogs in bed with me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> now, um, this is going to be, I'm going to wrap it with, with a, a horse question. Um, I read in your, your bio that your first pony was uh, a fella named Dan, right? Yes. Well, actually, there was a pony before Dan. Oh, okay. But he, he was he was like evil incarnate. <laughs> Dan was okay. my first nice pony All that right. I actually learned things on. The first one she wants to remember. Right, right. Exactly. Let's just you know, let's just pretend that he's your first. Okay, we will. Okay. Since we, we live Dan in the world of the imagination, pony. we're just going to pretend. We're going to rewrite the story of Tammy. All right. Um, that he had taught you a lot about uh, compassion and responsibility. And he, oh, yeah. he basically gave you the foundation of your horsemanship. What lessons did you take away from your relationship with him that you use today, either in riding or in, you know, your human relationships, your life? Well, for sure, you know, the basic care and everything, the, the things that you know, people learn in Pony Club. We didn't have Pony Club where I grew up, um, you know, so I, I learned by doing. And... Um, yeah, so all the basic care issues, and uh, and I spent a tremendous amount of time with that pony, and uh, you know would just hang out with him, and and uh, he he was one of those just golden babysitter ponies that would, you know, nothing phased him, and um, so you know, so I I totally appreciated that, particularly uh, in light of that imaginary pony that came before him, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and then and he was my first. Uh, my first experience in the show ring was driving him in a in a little cart class. Oh, cool! And yeah, yeah. So that was that was great, and I learned all kinds of things. You know, I learned I I would harness him myself and and take him out and go all over town. Oh my goodness, that's yep. my phone. <laughs> okay, we're, we can still hear you. Okay, good. So yeah, so I yeah I learned a lot of that good basic stuff. Well, Tammy, this has been a pleasure. Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, you know, it, it's just neat to hear to hear somebody that's done so much, and yet still is competing at the level that you are. You have you have two completely separate careers, and I'm doing very yeah. well at both. So good luck this winter on Thank the you. circuit there in Thank Florida, you. and uh, we hope to see some blue ribbons in addition to some book sales. I hope so. Thanks, Tammy. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, Helena, we, uh, you know, we say this almost every week, but it's so true. We have the best job in the world. We get to talk to the coolest people. I was uh, a little tongue-tied. I mean, it's, I've only read one of her books, but I loved it so much. And you said, we have Tammy Hogan. <laughs> what? Uh, huh? <laughs> what, do, uh, what do I ask her? Well, you you did a good job asking her the horse questions. And, and uh, it sort of was like I asked the non-horse questions. You asked the horse questions, so it worked out good. Well, it was hard to, to, to pick which question I want to ask because I, I do love books. I love mystery novels i just i love the genre in which she writes so i i did want to and having and the her bleh, the book that i read guilty of sin was awesome so uh, yeah <laughs> i have to i'm an audible guy i listen to all the books i through audible.com you know i download them and listen to them on my ipod i, I hardly ever read anymore but because i don't have time but when i'm driving and you know when i'm walking or uh, working out or whatever i i listen to books and so I'm going to have to start downloading hers, I think, and, and uh, get caught up. Yeah, she's like I said, it's a, her books are a good mental vacation because they do they are so complex that they draw you deep into the storyline, and uh, it's pretty cool. I would like her then because I, you know, I'm a Tom Clancy kind of guy, and he's the same way. You know, they're very complicated 
complex books. And I, I kind of like that. So ah, yeah, she's she's a, she's a bright woman, and you can feel that through her storytelling. She's very sharp, and uh, she does her homework. She's there's good solid research, I think, behind her stories. And people can find you can find all of her books and information about Tammy at t a m i h o a g tammyhoag dot com, or just search for it. They're everywhere. Uh, Amazon. Everybody has has her books. And the her new, newest book, yep. yeah, Secrets of the Grave. Secrets of the Grave. Doesn't that sound up. like just enticing? I know. I know. I do want to list that. That one does sound good. I think I might get it. I wonder if she does. You know, we never got to ask this either. I wonder how much on-site research. You know, does she go to morgues? Does she go to police stations? Because you hear about authors doing that. Oh, let's yeah. have her back and ask her. I that. know. Damn, we forgot. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and we appreciate it. Don't forget to listen in to our morning show, nine a.m. every morning that uh, that we do, and also. I don't know that we've mentioned this on this show, but in two weeks, Helene and I and Jamie and Jennifer are going to be together at the American Equestrian Trade Association Conference in Philadelphia. We're going to be recording some of our Tack and Habit shows, so hop on over and take a listen to Tack and Habit. If you haven't, that's a show that Helene and I do all about products. We we chat about two new products every week, and we go to the, the trade show to find out what new products are coming up for the spring and summer, and we'll give you a preview of all those new new products first right on tack and habit we're the only show they're recording right at the right at the uh convention and it's going to be a lot of fun this time really looking forward to it oh it's going to be awesome there i'm really looking forward to seeing all the new stuff especially the spring stuff it'll get me hopeful for warm weather yes yes and and uh we're going to need it probably at philadelphia in january so <laughs> let's just hope we don't have another blizzard i know i was thinking about that too how are we all going to get there and and uh, do our thing because we recorded like 20 segments for Tack and Habit the last time we were there with different manufacturers. And, and this time we're going to do that and we're recording the morning show live from there on Monday morning. Oh. So we'll be live on the morning show there as well. So we, we have a lot to do that weekend and it's going to be fun. And it's also Super Bowl weekend. Um, oh, it is? Yeah, it's, it's always Super Bowl weekend. Why they do that, I'm not sure. But uh, it's always oh. Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but they do. Well, we'll just have to all like get together in yeah. each other's hotel rooms, and like, we'll get chips. Hey, and we stuff. can buy beer there. Maybe the chocolate guy will be there again. He could give us another bucket That's of chocolate. Right. That's true. <laughs> we can watch I forgot the, about him. We can watch all the Budweiser Draft Horse commercials. So That's I like right. Oh, yeah, we, we all like. I think Jamie's a football fan more than we are, but you know we definitely watch for the commercials. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we can do. Uh, we should do an analysis on the commercials. After so there we on go. Stable Scoop, we'll do uh, we'll we'll post the uh, our favorite commercials. There we go. I heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true or not, that Budweiser wasn't doing horses this year in their commercials. <gasps> That's what I heard. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. Oh, we're going to have to find that out. That's like that, sacrilege, isn't it? I will never buy another Budweiser product ever again in my life. Do you drink it now? You, no, but still, <laughs> I won't let my husband buy it. <laughs> He doesn't drink it either, though. But whoever, I will just tell everybody I know not to buy Budweiser products until they have until they air another horse commercial in the Super Bowl. That's just lame. Why would they do that? That's just that's that's somebody teasing you. That's like apple pie and Chevrolet. You can't have a Super Bowl without a Budweiser. That's what I heard. But we'll see. I guess we'll see it in a couple of weeks. We'll find out. I, you know, to be honest, I follow football so much, I don't even know who's who's know. in the playoffs. So uh, anyway, be sure to tune into all of our shows at horseradionetwork.com. This is your cue to continue. <laughs> I am just a mess today. <laughs>
<laughs> Be sure to visit. Okay, the way it works is when I stop talking, you start talking. I know, I know, I know. It's episode. The hard to believe it's episode number one hundred and twenty-six. Everybody. But if you want details about episode 126, <laughs> which would be today's show, see, I got that right, go to www.stablescoop.com. You will find links, photos, and more information about today's guest. And we do love your feedback, so please follow us on Facebook under Stable Scoop. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear what you think about the shows, as well as ideas for future shows. You can all, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, 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 Twitter, Horse Radio. <laughs> <laughs> and many thanks to our sponsors for continuing the sponsor show, Mega Alpha, Equestrian Collections, and Uncle Jimmy's. Very funny thing I'll tell you really quickly that happened on the morning show the other morning is our friend Michelle from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, from Right Lead Equestrian Center, has a horse that... Uh, had got colic on Christmas Day, had to have surgery, and she's been going through this. So she called to give us an update, and she said, and I bought Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and put them in the stall, and my horse was scared to death of his balls. <laughs> so, I, so Uncle Jimmy heard it, and he wrote me a message the next day and said, you know, I have heard of people being scared, of, or horses being scared of my balls before. He said, but if you leave my balls hanging there long enough, they just get used to them. So apparently that's the remedy if you buy some I Uncle did, Jimmy's did. hanging balls. You just leave them there, and the horses get used to them. So it was very funny. It was a funny moment on on the morning show all about Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls. And they are, you know, most horses are not afraid of them. They just devour them. Well, because so, they smell so good. You yes, know. exactly. You I'm looking forward to going because he always gives us a case of balls when, he, when we're there. So yeah. uh, my, we ran out and, and Beaker is, uh, hasn't had any of those sweet treats in a while. So How's his weight doing? His weight is a little better now over the winter because it's been so cold. There's just nothing to eat. You know, yeah, there's no good. grass or anything. Now, Aww. she puts round bales out there, and, you know, he nibbles on the hay. But you can give them all the hay they want. Yeah. Um, it's that yeah. green grass that, that uh, gives, makes them so fat. Yeah, so, he must have a little pony in him somewhere in his, in his background. He's got a quarter horse pony in him, I think. Quarter pony. Yeah. It just makes him fat. The beaksters. <laughs> All right. Well, you are listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. This is Helena B., and I'm with Glenn the Geek, and we will be back next week with more fun. Sold. Cool. Cool.